Good morning, everyone. This is Father Nate, missionary priest in Italy. Today is October 15th of 2023, and we're celebrating the 28th Sunday in Ordinary Time. It would also be the memorial of St. Teresa of Jesus, Virgin and Doctor of the Church, also known as St. Teresa of Avila. So if you're at a church dedicated to her honor, you might be celebrating her solemnity. As we know, St. Teresa of Jesus, along with St. John of the Cross, were responsible for the reform of the Carmelite order. And we have many great writings of St. Teresa of Jesus, including her life, the way of perfection, the interior castle, so many different things. Today's gospel for year A comes to us from the gospel according to Matthew, chapter 22, verses 1 through 14. Jesus, again in reply, spoke to the chief priests and elders of the people in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. He dispatched his servants to summon the invited guests to the feast, but they refused to come. A second time he sent other servants, saying, Tell those invited, Behold, I have prepared my banquet. My calves and fattened cattle are killed, and everything is ready. Come to the feast. Some ignored the invitation and went away, one to his farm, another to his business. The rest laid hold of his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged and sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The feast is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy to come. Go out, therefore, into the main roads, and invite to the feast whomever you find. The servants went out into the streets, and gathered all they found, bad and good alike, and the hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to meet the guests, he saw a man there not dressed in a wedding garment. The king said to him, My friend, how is it that you came in here without a wedding garment? But he was reduced to silence. Then the king said to his attendants, Bind his hands and feet, and cast him into the darkness outside, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Many are invited, but few are chosen. Weddings are supposed to be happy events, joy-filled occasions to get together with friends and family, to celebrate that sacrament that unites one man and one woman together in one flesh until death. Now, it's in the context of a wedding, or rather a wedding feast, that today's parable that Jesus proclaims takes place. Now, at first glance, the whole affair seems rather unpleasant. The invited guests refuse to come. Some of them even kill the messengers and then are destroyed and their cities burned. Likewise, we have one of the guests who doesn't have the right clothing get kicked out into the darkness with wailing and grinding on teeth. Uh, teeth. What, what is going on here? Yet through all this, Jesus is making a very powerful statement about God's love for us and what we need to do to respond to that love. So we can break the parable into two parts. First, regarding the invitation and the refusal of those who are invited and their response. And second, the king's open invitation to everyone and that one guest who gets kicked out. Now, regarding the invitations, the king's rage and actions might really surprise us, since it seems like an excessively violent way to respond. Yet, in order to understand the king's behavior, 
we need to understand how the invitations for weddings worked in Jesus' time. If we listen carefully, we heard that the servants were sent to summon the invited guests to the feast. To summon the invited guests. In other words, when the servants went out, it wasn't to just anybody. There had already been a previous invitation. Because this is the way that wedding invitations worked back in those days and in that culture. There were two invitations to the banquet. One was well in advance of the event. You can think of it as a save the date or advance warning. And there was another invitation, the day of the banquet, each brought by a special messenger. The second invitation went out to those who had been invited, meaning they had accepted the first invitation. They had promised to clear their schedules and be there, but now they rejected the second and refused to come. Now again, the culture of that time was very big on invitations. It was an honor to be invited to a wedding feast. And so, as one biblical scholar puts it, to accept the first invitation, but scorn the second, was the height of insult, tantamount to war. So to say, yeah, I'll be there and then not go, is tantamount to war. That's a huge insult for them. So if this is the way the culture works, and it's so important to go to the feast, well, why did the guests refuse? Well, Matthew tells us that he essentially breaks them into two groups. Matthew tells us that the first group ignored the invitation and went away, one to his farm, another to his business. Now, the word Jesus uses is very specific, right? To ignore the invitation. Literally, they were unconcerned about the invite or unaffected by it. They viewed it as being without significance, that is, without perceived value, as one dictionary says the meaning of that word is. <laughs> they viewed it as without value. It was unimportant for them. And they allowed themselves to be busied, indeed too busied, with the things of daily life, the things that they considered important. So important that they didn't really care about the invitation. And again, notice the things they did, went off and did weren't bad things. It's not that they said, you know, one ignored the invitation and went off and, and stole cars or murdered people or caused problems. No, they just went about their daily routine, caring about their businesses and farms. Again, these aren't bad things in themselves, but these invitees cared so much about their daily activities, they forgot about what really mattered. So there's a lesson here for us. We too can get so caught up on the things of this world, on the things of this life, that we forget about things eternal, about what really matters, about joining God forever at that heavenly banquet. But there's another group, the second group, and they were much worse. They mistreated and even killed the servants. Note too that this is the second batch of servants that the king sends. He didn't need to send a second group. The first should have been enough. Yet in his mercy the king sends another set, only to have them be mistreated and killed. The reaction of those invited is completely warranted. Again, they're the ones in the wrong. And it's because of this rejection that they warrant a punishment. Death. What's interesting, though, is the focus of the parable isn't on death. <laughs> the main point isn't the punishment they're going to get. The king just wanted to invite them to amazing, an amazing celebration, that's all. And because they rejected it, they chose punishment rather than enjoyment. They chose suffering and sorrow rather than happiness. 
This is important for our lives because God wants us to join him in the heavenly banquet, to be happy with him forever. He doesn't want to punish us for all eternity. He invites us to come join him. And he only asks that we unite ourselves to him by doing what is good and avoiding evil. But if we entreat that, if we treat that invitation as something unimportant, if I treat that generous offering of God as something that doesn't affect me in my daily living, then I'll find myself outside. And there, there there's only sorrow and suffering and remorse. We can ask ourselves, how does our faith affect our daily living? Do we live every moment as a response to God's invitation to live so as to warrant an eternal reward, an eternal banquet? So this leads us into the second half of the parable. The king's open invitation to everybody and then that guest who gets kicked out. After the invited guests are found unworthy, the king issues a puzzling order. He says, go out therefore into the main roads and invite to the feast whomever you find. It might strike us as odd that the king says to invite whomever, even though these people would be inside of his house eating his food and celebrating a very personal event. And true to their instructions, the servants find whomever, right? Jesus makes a point of saying that they were all they found, bad and good alike, good and bad alike, right? And yet everybody's invited to partake in the feast. It seems that God is more anxious to save sinners than the sinners themselves are to be saved. In fact, St. John Vianney wrote that God is quicker to forgive than a mother to snatch her child from the fire. God is quicker to forgive than a mother is to snatch her child from the fire. That's the generosity and mercy of our God. He wants everyone to be saved and to join him in that heavenly banquet. So we're still left, though, with the case of that one guest who wasn't dressed in a wedding garment. Again, it might seem strange that the king binds and kicks out a man who doesn't have a wedding garment, right? (laughs) After all, it's like, you just invited him, like, on the spur of the moment. What is the poor guy supposed to do? But again, here, the historical setting is really important. Since weddings were such important events, and the most important time to dress up, it was the responsibility of the hosts to provide the guests with the festal garments, so that everybody would be properly dressed up. Think about it. Yeah, I mean, in like in bridal parties, you want to make sure everybody has a matching dress, everybody has the same color. Well, so what was the solution to that back in the day? Well, the king provided the garments. The one hosting the party gave everybody the things they were supposed to wear. So what does that mean? If there's a man not dressed in a wedding garment, it's not because he's too poor to buy one. Or it's not because it was, it was on such short notice. No. It's because he refuses to wear what was given him. That's why the king's so angry. It's true that some of the guests were bad people when they showed up. Jesus himself tells us that. But here's the thing. They didn't stay that way. They let God's mercy and forgiveness cover them. And that's how they were able to enter the banquet. To get in, they needed that purification, that grace. And hence the king notices immediately the one who doesn't fit in. My friend, how is it that you came in here without a wedding garment? Meaning, how'd you even get in the door if you didn't ask for forgiveness, if you weren't made a new creation by grace, if you didn't convert and change, not your garments, but your heart? It's impossible. Someone like that can't enter the heavenly banquet. In our lives, too, we've been covered with the grace of baptism and the sacraments. 
These are the garments God has given us, and he continues to give us everything that we need so that we can enter the kingdom of heaven. He gives us all the graces we need so that we can do his will on earth, so we can be with him forever in that heavenly banquet. So we can ask ourselves, are we faithful to those graces? Are we really wearing our garment of grace, or are we like that unhappy guest who refused to live as our Christian vocation demands? So today, let's give thanks to God for the grace of our baptism and for all the sacraments we've received. Let's really examine ourselves to see how well we're living them. And through intercession of Mary, Queen of Heaven and Earth, let's ask for the grace to continue to give up everything for Jesus so that we too might be able to enter that wedding feast of heaven.